Hello and welcome to Chick Flicks. I'm Mackenzie Chapman. And I'm Bridget Hovell, and we love movies. Normally, we discuss two horror movies, but today we're talking about our favorite movies of 2018. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Mackenzie and I, one big thing we did in 2018 was start this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like a lot of the time I would have spent watching other movies, and I'm, this is not a complaint, was spent watching movies um, for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Which is all to say, this is an excuse for us having not, not seen a lot of great movies that came out this year. Yeah, I can't That's believe when we were like, let's do a 2018 wrap up. And I like went back to see which movies I had seen this year, and it was like five <laughs> Four, five movies. <laughs> yup. I was like, dang, yes. this is shameful. So what are some movies that um, you... Well, uh, I remember um, last year in f- January and February, I saw like every movie that came out in 2017. You know, like I, they yeah. like everything that was an Oscar-nominated movie. I saw yeah. Shape of Water. I saw Phantom Thread. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just like... Got to see them all then. Yeah, so and I definitely that... feel like right now, especially, we're recording this on December 16th, but there are a few mm-hmm. mo- movies that are, like, I couldn't find out yet, or movies yeah. that I had missed in theaters that aren't out streaming anywhere yet, um, so... There are definitely some things that I wish I had seen. And there's just stuff that I didn't have time to see. And I yeah. should have watched them earlier. <laughs> Do you still have Movie Pass? No. Or did you have Movie Pass? I had Movie Pass for a while, but I canceled it. One time I went to the movie theater and my app just like didn't work and I was yep. mad. And so I canceled it after that. Poor Movie Pass. <laughs> yeah. I had I had to cancel it too, but I got a lot of good use out of it in the mm-hmm. first half of the year. Yeah. For sure. RIP Movie Pass. Yeah. Um, so Mackenzie, what are some movies that you did not see? <laughs> I really wanted to see if Beale Street could talk, but I don't even think it's out oh, anywhere shit, yeah. yet. Um, mm-hmm. I, that could be wrong, but I didn't see it. And I really want to. It looks so good. Um, I really wanted to see Burning, the Korean film. It's supposed to be amazing. I know. I've heard so many good things, but it's not out yet. Um, what about you, Bridget? Um... I didn't see – there's a bunch of horror movies I didn't see that I really wanted to, like um, Mandy I really mm-hmm. wanted to see, did not see it. Um, I really wanted to see A Simple Favor, which was mm-hmm. uh, that movie with Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively which yeah. by Paul Feig. Mm-hmm. I really like Paul Feig, so mm-hmm. I thought I would really like that. What else? Um, have not seen A Star is Born yet, mm-hmm. even though I feel – intimately acquainted with the movie because of the internet i felt like i was into the a star is born memes yeah. so thoroughly before it even came out mm-hmm. uh vox lux uh which i've heard they're kind of like a good pairing about uh pop stars uh, uh wildlife we haven't seen suspiria mm-hmm. really wanted to see suspiria but now i'm kind of like do i want to see suspiria it will just let me down um Mama Mia, here we go again. I'm actually just going through your list right now and reading all the ones. And um, I was like, and, um, support I the girls. I haven't seen all these movies either. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so there's there's a ton of movies. Oh, I started Roma the other night, mm-hmm. but you know, it was a Friday. Mm-hmm. It was right after work. I was like, I just don't know if I can do this right now. I'm really excited to see it. Um, and I watched Cam instead mm-hmm. uh, on Netflix. That's a more like which we can talk about a bit later. One, I feel like I haven't seen yeah. either, but 
just from looking at both of them compared to each other, I would say Cam's like the easier watch probably. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, do you want to jump into our countdown? Sure. So we're going to go back and forth with our top five movies of the year, starting from the lowest going to the highest. Yeah. Okay. We're copying this from... Uh, Film Swatting. What is it called? Film Swatting. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so do you want to go first? Sure. I can kick us off. Um so my number five movie is a documentary. It's Won't You Be My Neighbor, which is um, a documentary about Mr. Rogers that came out a few months ago. And I think when I was looking at my list of my top five, even though this is like a podcast where we talk about horror movies, I was struck by um, how like all five of my movies with one exception are kind of like these really positive, heartfelt movies mm-hmm. um, uh, that they're over overarching message is just like one of um like looking for goodness in people and uh like sympathy for others Mm -hmm. and mr rogers was no exception i liked it because i went into it knowing it would make me cry and i just wanted to cry you know i remember seeing it in theaters with a bunch of other like adults and everyone was crying the entire time and i grew up watching mr rogers and so it was interesting to see him as a young man throughout the movie and then you get to when he's an older man and it's like that was when i recognized him from really really good and i i really recommend it um it's it's kind of interesting because you keep waiting for them to dig up something like a deep dark secret about mr rogers and there really is none yeah you know uh <laughs> but that doesn't the lack of controversy or conflict doesn't make it any less interesting to watch and i i really loved it wow. and would recommend it to anyone who just wants to you know cry a little and think about that nice man in a sweater <laughs> <laughs> wow i definitely want to catch up with that on it that, i don't think i watched any documentaries this whole year so uh, yeah, I, do, I really do want to see that. Mm-hmm. I recommend it. Yeah. So what's your number five? <laughs> <laughs> My number five is sorry to bother you. Um, Ooh. I watched that this last week along with like every other movie on this list pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. and I really, I just liked it because of the style. I thought it just like, it was such a stylish movie and so distinct and, I was surprised that it, I didn't realize it was the uh, director Boots Riley's first movie. Um, wow. But I do think it lost me at the end a little bit because it was just so wacky. Have you seen it? I haven't seen oh, okay. it. Okay. It gets like <laughs> fucking wacky. I think it's on Hulu. It, yeah. yeah. Um, the first like two thirds, I guess, or like, are like super good. The final act is what like. I'm just like it becomes almost like an Adam Sandler like parody movie to me. At least that's what it felt like. Are you like kidding? <laughs> at the end, like I was just like, okay, what what is this? But the first, um, I would say, I guess two thirds of it are so good. I love the soundtrack is by um, Tune Yards, who I love, and yeah, it kind of the vibe is like, um, it kind of reminded me of Maniac, the show that I loved uh, mm-hmm. that was on Netflix, just because it is like sci-fi. Someone else compared it to uh, Michelle Gondry. Um, oh, okay. It's like sci-fi, but like also just like quaint, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that type of combo, so yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to check it out. This this whole um, episode is just going to be us feeling bad about our. No, I feel like <laughs> in the past, like a few weeks, 
getting ready for this. I like knocked out a bunch of movies. You did. I I watched a lot of movies that didn't end up making my list. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like that I was like, oh, I I feel like I should see this anyway. Yeah. Um, like first reform. Yeah. Which we could talk about. We could talk about like other movies that we might want. Yeah, we should. But let's get through we, our top five. We first. will. Okay, so my top four is probably on your top. My my number four is probably in your top five. So maybe we should just talk about this together. No, it's okay. It's uh, it. to all the boys I've loved before. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my number four. I just really, really loved this movie. Um, directed by Susan Johnson uh, and based on a series of books by the author Jenny Han. Um, we we watched it together too, which yeah. is such a nice memory. We watched it twice <laughs> in twenty four hours, um, and I think this. It's so nice to see a movie like this done so well. Mm-hmm. You know, like a movie doesn't have to like be totally tearing down the form and building it up again to have an impact mm-hmm. or, you know, it was just like a, a really simple story, but um, it just made me feel good to watch it. It's a cute ass movie. Yeah. They got that Netflix budget. They made it good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll talk about it more when it comes up in mind, but. I agree wholeheartedly. I, I, I have put it on in the past few months when I'm stressed out mm-hmm. just to have on in the background, you know. Mm-hmm. You know what else I will say that about a movie? Um, really great soundtrack. Really yeah. great musical choices. Oh, my gosh. Agree 100%. Wow. I wish I knew less about that boy's life now. Yeah. The actor's Me life. Too, kind of. It was, uh, I mean, what I would give to just go back to this rosy period of life when we were all just first discovering him <laughs> and we didn't know about him, his online personality and stuff. Yeah yeah i should i follow noah centineo updates on twitter i should unfollow because it just it's not i don't need it i want him he knows like he he he's not pure anymore because he knows that he has this like sway over girls (laughs) it's gone to his head Um, what's your number four my number four is skate kitchen directed by crystal moselle um and you know i didn't really want to watch this movie um why because I, well, I have like a bias against skaters just in general. I'm just Me like, too. You know what? The hooligans. You know why we have a bias against them? Because we went to college. Our college campus had like one long walkway that was a hill. And if you were just going to class with your headphones on, you could have been squished flat by a long border. <laughs> they were everywhere. Well, also, I feel like in high school, like... I just, I don't know, the like, the skater group of, like, and it was boys, were just, like, kind of jerks, like, you know what I mean? They are jerks. I don't, yeah, so, you're but, right. I don't but like skater culture either. This movie, I thought, and from the trailer, you like, I feel like other people might think this, too, you think going in, it's going to be about this girl, her name's Camille, hanging out with Janet Smith and becoming friends with Janet Smith, but actually the majority of the movie is her hanging out with a group of girls and becoming friends with a group of skater girls. And they just like, for most of the movie, it's just her hanging out with other skater girls. And it's like, to see, I just felt so much joy every time they were all just hanging out and spending time together. And even when they were like skating, they just looked so free and like mm. happy. It just made me happy because there, obviously there was like conflict in in the movie and i was like all right i I don't need this conflict like Mm -hmm. i just want to watch them be happy for the entire thing but um yeah yeah every time like i just appreciated seeing girls hanging out and having a fun time and being like 
for the most part, they were pretty good friends to each other. So, I'm not... is there what? What is like the plot of the movie other than so? Her well, she doesn't. Um, she doesn't. She's from Long Island, so she doesn't have uh, any other friends really, and she um, follows this gr- uh, group of skater girls on Instagram called Skate Kitchen, and she goes into Manhattan to hang out with them and her mom's kind of like conservative doesn't want her to skate so she like Mm -hmm. runs away from home and ends up living with one of the girls and becomes like one of their core group um one of one of the core members of the group and um Mm -hmm. but then there's some conflict involving jaden smith Uh uh-oh but was he did he do ballet (laughs) no That would be a nice twist, though. That would be a twist. So my number three movie is um, Paddington 2. No shame. I'm not ashamed. You're like every that's everyone's top movie you're right. (laughs) Paddington 2 got love and it deserved the love. Mm -hmm. So let me just introduce everyone to my history with the Paddington 2 movie. Okay. So this time last year, I was getting ready to move to Houston. I've been in Houston for almost a year. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy here now, but it was difficult and a hard transition at first. Um, and I was unemployed for a month when I first moved down here, just looking for work and applying to jobs. And I used my movie pass to go to the movies like every day. And I saw Paddington two all by myself, had not even seen Paddington one, but you really don't have to, to keep up with the plot. However, now having seen Paddington one, I recommend it as well. Um, (laughs) and I went to go see Paddington two by myself in like the middle of the day. And it was like, uh, Wednesday, a noon showing of Paddington two and, I was one of like eight other adults, like weird adults who were at the movie theater to see, to see what the hype was about. And it just, um, there's a guy I follow on Twitter named Kevin T. Porter, who does numerous different podcasts. Um, he currently does good Christian fun and he talks a lot about Paddington too and how like there's lessons in Paddington too that can be like applied to anyone's life about, um, just how to be like a better person because Paddington is just like a pure force who makes everyone's life around him better, uh, mm-hmm. through his selflessness. And I know that sounds really serious and weird for a movie about a little stuffed bear. Well, I guess he's not a stuffed bear. He's a real bear in the movie, um, <laughs> from Peru, but yeah, it's just, it's just heartwarming. And I made my entire family watch it when I went home for the first time. And, uh, I think the only part they really enjoyed was Hugh Grant's performance, which is pretty great. Uh, mm-hmm. he's a, uh, he chews up all the scenes he's in as the villain. Um, yeah, I just love Paddington too. It was like a Wes Anderson movie aesthetic with, um, you know, a very sweet, simple message mm-hmm. and definitely a comfort watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yes. So I saw it and I like, it was too hyped. I like, yeah, I my expectations that. were like, so like, un like, impossibly high which was my fault for letting them be like that well i I shouldn't have talked to you about it no it wasn't just you it was like every single person on the internet film twitter went crazy for paddington exactly so and i do i thought it was great i like Mm -hmm. but i thought it was going to be like the best thing that i had ever watched ever so yeah it was like it fell flat a little bit because obviously that's impossible (laughs) 
So I uh, if you ever want to, I always look up the reviews of this guy at the New Yorker, Richard Brody, mm-hmm. because to me, he's a great critic because you just never know what he's going to think about a movie. Like mm-hmm. he just goes like he hated into the Spider-Verse or whatever that movie was that came out this weekend oh, okay. that everyone else loves. He like wrote this mean, he always writes the meanest like um, opening paragraphs. Uh, and I remember reading his review of Paddington too, which if I remember correctly, he mostly liked, but he was, he read like lots of different political themes into Paddington too. Um Okay, I could see that though. Yeah, like some xenophobic stuff mm-hmm. uh, and Brexit stuff. Yeah, Richard Brody is my man. <laughs> I love when he dunks on a movie that's getting a lot of love. Like he hated First Man, the Ryan Gosling, <sighs> Neil Armstrong movie. I feel which... like that got a lot of hate. Maybe yeah. just film Twitter hate, which I feel yeah. like is like different than general. Other... Yeah, general <laughs> populace. <laughs> <laughs> what was your number three, Mackenzie? My number three was Hereditary. Oh, dang. Okay, we can talk about now. Yeah. So I This is our first time talking about it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I don't want to give any spoilers because I feel like we should do a reel up about it. But and I guess we shouldn't give any spoilers in this episode because people don't know what it's about. It's Mm -hmm. a surprise what we're talking about. Um, But I just watched it last night and I thought it was so good. It was scary, right? Yeah, it was so freaking scary. I decided to watch it last night because Ian had a bunch of his friends over so I could just like hear them playing video games in the background, which was like a comforting noise Mm -hmm. to have um, in the other room. So you're brave for watching it by yourself. Thank. Well, it didn't feel like I was by myself, you know, I had all the lights on and it was, I took, I did take some breaks too. So mm-hmm. I, I thought it was really good. And this is not a spoiler, but one thing I was disappointed uh, about that movie was um, the marketing and the trailers kind of make it seem like it's a movie about Tony Collette and her mother and like her kind of like her relationship with her mom who just passed away. Mm. But then the movie is like a Trojan horse about it's like this perspective switches to that of the teenage son. Mm-hmm. And he's like the protagonist of the movie in yeah. actuality. Yeah. Did not, like, oh, lame. Yeah. I didn't expect that at all. I didn't I know. Thought it was going to be about I, moms. And I thought it was going to, yeah, about like a mother daughter relationship more mm-hmm. than a mother son relationship. But I did think it was still a lot about like being a mom uh, and being like a woman and not being mm-hmm. believed, et cetera. Like, yeah, I, that's I think, true too. Like we were talking last night as I was watching it and I was think that this would be a really good pairing with Rosemary's baby. So yeah, maybe we'll switch that up in our schedule. Yeah. What do we have it now? Uh, Rosemary's baby with mother, which I don't think any of us, uh, either we of us are really it. like jonesing to watch mother. Yeah. But I think hereditary Rosemary's baby would be a great pairing. That would be so, really cool. Stay tuned. I, I- for that again not to give another like this isn't a spoiler but i thought it's so frustrating to watch hereditary where tony collette's character goes through so much terrible shit and yet her husband when she acts like a little crazy her husband's kind of like okay like let's get over this you know and it's like dude even if she was really just having a psychotic break instead of yeah responding to real things in her life like be a little nicer to her no he's just like like i yeah i was thinking that like even if she was having like a mental breakdown which I mean, mental illness, it sounds like grunts in her family, she says mm. in the beginning of the movie. Um, 
he's just like I can't deal with you and just like rolls his eyes and just doesn't even want to engage yeah. with her at all like that's like one of my least favorite horror movie tropes is like parents or spouses who don't believe the person who is under siege from yeah. supernatural forces or whatever mm-hmm. like uh, I remember watching this movie with Katie Holmes oh I wish I could remember what that was called but it was about very briefly very brief uh, yeah, yeah, detour um, it was about Katie Holmes is the new stepmother of this like small family unit uh, with her new husband and his daughter and they move into a house where the daughter is being attacked and terrorized by these small like weird badger evil demon creatures that live in the wall (laughs) and so this little girl is like terrified of them and they keep clawing her and scratching her and her dad is like they're not real get over it and i was like dude your small child believes that these things exist in the wall and you're like condescending to her and uh you're a shitty dad yeah that's fucked up i feel like in this one it's only it's not too much of that where i was like pissed off about it but still how how much did you like their house we're probably talking too much about hereditary but yeah yeah the house was really cool right yeah it was (laughs) so cool and like the outside of the house all of it it like was very cool yeah Mm -hmm. i definitely want to talk more about hereditary yeah we'll we'll table that episode yeah so what was your number two so my number two i just saw last night Mackenzie and i were just spending all week trying yeah. to catch up on movies but i went out i was torn between seeing a star is born and, and the favorite and i'm really happy i chose the favorite mm-hmm. i saw it last night and i just completely loved it um it's funny and fun it's beautiful to look at um it's kind of like this political farce uh about queen anne who was a queen at the beginning of the 17th century and so this is true historically that queen anne mm-hmm. her top advisor was this woman um sarah churchill lady marlborough um, her full title and they were good friends her entire life. And Sarah had this enormous amount, enormous amount of like political sway over Queen Anne. Mm-hmm. And then one day Queen Anne chucks Sarah out and like promotes a chambermaid, this girl who came from nothing named Abigail Hill into Sarah's position. Um, and Sarah, the, the first advisor of Queen Anne, mm-hmm. uh, was so furious. She tried to blackmail Queen Anne by saying like, um, she's like, I'm going to tell everyone that you're having a lesbian, not, she didn't say it like this, but she was yeah. like, I'm going to reveal that you're having an affair with Abigail. And she's like, and I, and she basically said like, and I should know because she was her lover. Yeah. So it's kind of like, there's a lot of evidence that this queen had these queer relationships with these two women. Mm-hmm. And that's what the movie is about. Like this power struggle. Um, and it is Every performance is so great. It's so fucking funny. Um, Olivia Coleman is great as the queen. Mm-hmm. Rachel Weiss is just amazing at everything. Mm-hmm. And like Rachel Weiss, uh, a few times throughout the movie wears this like frocked coat hunting outfit that mm-hmm. is so hot. <laughs> it's like unbelievable. And her hair wow. is like in a side ponytail oh. and she's shooting pigeons. Mm-hmm. Um, and Emma Stone is really great in it too. It's just so much fun to watch. Um, there were I was talking to someone last week about it who said that they really liked it um, and pointed out that there was like a few rape jokes in it, oh. but I wasn't bothered by the rape jokes at all. There are a few rape jokes, but they're all told by women, and the movie already kind of exists in this like alternate world where women have the most uh, political power. We care more about the female characters in this movie and the rape jokes are always told with like this self-awareness, um, that, and they're like 
genuinely funny. Uh, like just to give an example, like Emma Stone is in her, um, her room and her, this guy who's interested in her, like knocks on her door and enters. And she says, are you here to rape me or seduce me? And he goes, I'm a gentleman. And she goes, so rape then. Uh, so it's stuff like that where it, the delivery is so funny that, Mm -hmm. and I don't know. It just didn't bother me at all. I loved it. I love the movie. I do really want to see it. I'm excited to see it. I saw someone on Twitter post a picture of, uh, the Devil Wears Prada with yes. the main the Meryl Streep character, the Emily Blunt character, and Anne Hathaway. And it was like the favorite. The favorite. <laughs> yep. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just so good. And it's fun to see a movie about, um, like I was thinking watching it, that even though it's not totally historically based, the plot, it's still um, amazing and refreshing to see a movie about like something that happened in history that no one really knows that much yeah. about because it involves like three women Definitely. um just make more movies about women yeah for real there's so much like history about women that we just have like no idea about there are so many untold stories that would make yeah. like amazing movies for huh. real more of that please 2019 that a- goals here- at yeah, here, Hollywood. Here's, here's a good podcast idea every uh podcast you research a woman in history pitch a movie about her and who you'd want to direct it and star in it wow that's such a good idea wow so if someone free does idea let me someone... know free idea yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was your number two mackenzie my number two was the tale directed by jennifer fox and i believe well, I think she wrote it, and I think it was about her life also. Yeah, like, shit. I really, really wanted to see this. It just seems so heavy. It's so... It is really heavy, but, like, I think you could handle it. I was... Yeah. Uh, like, I think for people who may have gone through similar trauma, it will be harder to watch. But since I'm kind of removed from it, it I think it it was... I was able to handle it. So, um but it is about a woman who's a documentary filmmaker um, based on Jennifer Fox. This is like her real life story, I think. Um, but she was a documentary filmmaker and her she reads like a story she wrote when she was 13. And it's about this relationship that she had when she was that age. And she had remembered it as herself she kind of pictured herself as being older her entire Mm -hmm. life like thinking about her relationship that she had with this like 40 something year old man and woman pretty much um but she when she was reading this story when she was 13 she's like oh wait i was only 13 and then she looks at a picture of herself and it's like completely she just remembered herself as older so she looks at this picture of herself as a 13 year old and she's like oh shit like i was actually way younger than i like thought and it's about her like kind of investigating it and it flashes back to like memories from when she was younger um and the way that it's filmed uh it you know it kind of reminded me of the babadook in the way it sort of portrayed trauma and sort of how like the mind tries to protect you by like telling you it like tells your you lies about your past so you kind of just like keep going forward right yeah and and Mm -hmm. I mean like I just thought it was 
that's that's why it's that's why it's my number two is because I think of the way that it just shows how the mind works was so uh, powerful and like accurate and I think that's really hard to do to kind of like Mm-hmm. get in uh, like so, like someone's mind I feel like but they they do this I don't know if this is like a spoiler I, I don't think so but um they do this shot where she's remembering it and she's picked that they film this whole like um like flashback with this older the girl looks probably like 16 or 17 and it's her going to meet the women who she like sort of had a relationship with for the first time and they film the entire scene and then they go back to the present and um the woman i think i think her name is jenny in the movie so i think Uh it is like just straight like it's it's her her. Um, but then she they go back to the present and she goes to her mom's house and she sees a picture of herself when she was 13 and they redo the entire scene like the flashback and Uh it's instead of the like 16 or 17 year old girl it's like this 13 year old like absolute child like actress yeah yeah. and that's that's such a a great way of visualizing yeah uh, yeah. someone's like thought process and right trauma yeah i I loved it so um i can't wait to see it maybe i'll watch that tonight (laughs) yeah i think i i mean it is like fucked up but the ending is also like really gratifying and obviously she made this whole movie about it so it does leave you off feeling like she's in a position of power for sure i feel like and like like, how many movies are there about like inappropriate relationships with young girls that aren't like fetishizing the young girl you know yeah yeah like i'm thinking of like the professional or like Mm -hmm. lolita obviously yeah um it's so rare to see it from this perspective yeah heavy yeah so i'm at my number one yeah which i was surprised when i made this list i like surprised myself um, but my number one is eighth grade directed by Bo Burnham. Um, you know, I liked it when I first saw it, but the more and more I think about it, I really, really loved this movie. It really touched me. And again, like I said earlier, all of my favorite movies from this year kind of had these like positive messages. Um, and were just comforting to watch, even though this one was excruciating to watch in some aspects because yeah. Bo Burnham just nails, even though you and I are like over 10 years out from being a 13 year old, mm-hmm. uh, this was just some things just never change about people that age and um this movie really nails how difficult it can be how trapped you feel how alone you feel i in many ways felt a lot like the the girl at the center of the story whose name is kayla i think um and i remember thinking like after i got out of this movie like thank god i did have friends in middle school because Mm -hmm. otherwise it's just this poor girl is in you know so much pain Mm -hmm. um but her Another thing I loved about this movie is, um, and I've heard Bo Burnham talk about this a little, is having a protagonist who's inarticulate, you know, um, mm-hmm. and talks like a, a real teenage girl and says, um, yeah. a lot and like sometimes just can't put her thoughts together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he did that so well. Um, yeah, he like meticulously like went in and wrote, he scripted like every single, um. yeah. And, and it, 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 you know, it's, it's, I'm doing it right now, you know, it's, yeah. uh, <laughs> just because someone isn't eloquent doesn't mean that they're, they don't have like a valid perspective mm-hmm. or that, um, they're not intelligent, you know? Yeah. And this movie has this one scene with the girl's father, which will just crush you mm-hmm. when they're, when he, she says, yeah. are you uh, embarrassed to be my dad or something like that? Oh. And, oh my God. 
So sweet. I loved this girl's performance too. Mm -hmm. Really, really amazing. And you know, I think most people would write that off by saying she's probably just playing herself, but she's obviously not. If you see her in any interview, she's so much um, more well-spoken and uh, put together than this girl. But I, I, I remember seeing this tweet from the writer Gabby Noon, who was basically saying like, she went into eighth grade thinking like, fuck you, Bo Burnham, a 30-year-old man. What can you tell me about being a 13-year-old girl? And then she was like, oh, well, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just love this movie. Um, I, I, it was just great. It, I, I, I yeah. can't wait to watch it again. Yeah. I, that, this was like probably like, this was in my top five for like a while until I watched a few other movies. But yeah. It, it is so good. And I think it is like a pretty neatly like girl experience to have like such a torturous you're just like physically uncomfortable yeah because i was i was talking about it with ian and his friends and i was like yeah like middle school was the fucking worst and they were like you know it was like fine and i was like okay (laughs) all right did you get your period for the first yeah Oh my god. You remember the scene where she's like trying to flirt with first another great thing they they do in this movie. Sorry to just keep jumping around. Oh is the boy she has a crush on like ain't shit. But you know if you were in middle school, you, that's the kind of boy you yeah, have a crush exactly. on. Exactly. I know they nailed it. And the way he was like filmed too with the music and everything. Yeah, it was perfect. So I was like, "Dang." That's Oh, like- and I think my favorite scene from any movie this year, obviously this is my favorite movie, but um is when she has that weird kind of like friend date with that boy who's into sauces. Yeah, and he gets her all of the sauces for the nuggets. It's so oh my cute. god, so pure and so mm-hmm. sweet. Yeah. I definitely was friends with guys like that in middle school. <laughs> oh yeah, just love that movie. What's your number one, Mackenzie? My number one, <gasps> Drum please, is obviously to all the boys I love before. <laughs> oh, I forgot. <laughs> I mean, God, we love this movie. I know. I've already like wax poetic about it, so I don't think there's that much for me to add, especially because we have already talked about it. But it's just like a perfect movie, and it's not it's not perfect, but it's perfect for me because yeah, there you go. It it just brings me so much joy, and every time I just even think about it, I get happy. And you know, I think my favorite scene is the hot tub scene from this movie except the fact that she gets her whole pajama wet i I know it's hot oh i just such a good movie i'm so excited for like what lana condor does next she was like so good talk about i think they're doing a sequel right i know i think they are and i'm like so pumped so. Oh God, we have to watch it together somehow. I know. We have to stream oh my it gosh, I'll, I'll go to Houston. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a ninety dollars spirit flight on some weekends. <laughs> we'll make it work. Yeah, I want to read the books. Yeah, uh, yeah, I should. I'd probably love them. I'll probably love them too. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Is the right way. Like it brings me back to that serodescent time. You know, that's like all I want from life is just like serodescent novels <laughs> like a neat start and finish love story where the boys are nice yeah <laughs> oh yeah for real okay uh so i was thinking now we would just like talk about some other stuff we like this year skip yeah. around a bit yeah. i was just saying earlier i watched this movie cam this weekend and i won't spoil anything for you about it um but it's like the first it was 
written by a former cam girl. So I think it offers like a really interesting perspective on sex work that's really refreshing. The performance by the lead actress Madeline Brewer in it is amazing because she's basically doing two different characters as one. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a little half-baked to me. Mm -hmm. The resolution didn't feel particularly earned, nor did the horror elements of the movie. But I loved it, and I'm excited to see what the that writer and the director do uh, and other stuff. What's something else you like this year? We can just go back and forth about. Yeah. Um, I also really liked um, Love, Simon. That was also floating in my top five Haven't for a while. It. It's like a very similar vibe to something like To All the Boys I Loved Before mm-hmm. um, in that it's like a teen romance. There's less like... You don't know who the person that he's writing to is until like the last 15 minutes or maybe even less of the movie. So that's why it's not like I didn't love it as much as To All the Boys I Loved Before Mm -hmm. because I wasn't able to like fall in love with the bay of love interest. (laughs) The the movie bay. (laughs) But it was so cute and and I, I did have a lot of feelings about it and I loved it. Um so that's definitely a, a worth mentioning also. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved Halloween, mm, you know, see. and you know, I wish, I wish Halloween had been remade by a woman, a female yeah. director, but yeah. it wasn't. And I'm still happy that we got to see Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, you know, an actress in her, her late fifties, um, mm-hmm. get to kick ass in a movie and, um, be brought back as that iconic character. You know what I was thinking about that really annoys me, and I can't stop thinking about it when I think about Halloween, <laughs> 2018. So Jamie Lee Curtis is like fucking 60. Mm-hmm. Uh, her daughter in the movie is played by oh, what's that girl's name? What's that woman's name? I Shit, she's in everything. Halloween. I mean, I know who you're talking about, but I don't. What's know her, her name? name? I can't think of her name. I'm going to scream when I when I figure it out. Halloween. Shit, what's her name? Come on, Judy Greer. Judy uh, Greer. Okay, yeah. Judy Greer is like 45. And oh. I'm just like, that doesn't, the math does not work out in this yeah. movie that, I don't know. I hate that kind of thing. Yeah. Same. <laughs> anyway. Uh, oh, I also, you saw Annihilation, right? Yes. I liked it. I liked it too. It was like. It was fine. It, it reminded me of a video game a lot. And I liked all yeah. of the performances. It was cool to see like, uh, per, like almost all women cast in a sci-fi movie and not have it be like explicit well that was one that was something i both liked about it and didn't like about it was that the gender that it was a f- team full of women wasn't like essential to the plot or really like it didn't make a difference you know they could have been i both liked it and didn't like it for that reason it's not like their experiences as women kind of like informed a lot of hmm. their characters mm-hmm. probably because it was written by a man who didn't know anything <laughs> yeah yeah love the special effects though yeah movie. yeah it was very Fair. like almost avatar-y at yeah parts. the end was so weird <laughs> i saw that movie and got really really sick in the theater oh my god this is gross but so i probably have only actually seen 65 percent oh so you didn't see got- the end <laughs> I did. I see part. I saw parts of the end, but I had to keep running out to the bathroom, which is so embarrassing. I ended up sitting next to the door. Oh no! It's <laughs> so always I have to go back you. and watch it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> should go back and watch it. Okay. Um, well, what what's TV you liked this year? I feel like I probably uh, watch more TV. Than... I would be remiss if I didn't talk about Korean dramas in this 
it's your it's your um it's your it's your mission you know like how some people are called to preach about god <laughs> Mackenzie has been called well it's like informed so much of my year and uh-huh. it was like the way i spent the majority of my time <laughs> so if mm-hmm. like i talked so much about movies but I didn't talk about Korean dramas, even though, like, that's what I was watching. So, um, just to, like, give you a brief rundown of how this came into my life. (laughs) Let's hear it. It's been about, like, a year since I started watching them. My brother showed me Strong Girl Bong Soon on Netflix last year when I was visiting New Jersey for Christmas. So, I started with that, and then I just watched, like, a a million since then. (laughs) Because I just consume them like air. Anyway, highly recommend Goblin, of course. If you know anything about Korean dramas, then you've probably watched that. But super good. Um, And, you know, I guess a lot of the ones that I watched were older ones. But one that did come out this year is called Radio Romance. Um, And I really liked it. Highly recommend. It's about a girl who's... uh, um, mother is blind so she would always like describe things to her so that she can like paint a picture for her and it made her want to work like write for the radio her whole life and she finally gets to write her own show but it's with this like super snobby like uh idol or like like a movie korean movie star and um they have a connection from the past uh-oh. And they fall in love. And I loved it. It was so good. So I guess that's my saga. Highly recommend Radio Romance. Cool. I should watch some of those. I know you've been recommending the one to me for like a really long time. It's okay. You don't have to. Shara did. So I know who my real friends are. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, speaking of TV, I liked uh loved uh jessica jones season two and glow season two most of all loved glow season two love glow as a show mm-hmm. yeah i and season two i feel like was really special I, it yeah. just keeps getting better i feel like yeah it is and it's again you kind of like get lulled into forgetting that it's so special to see a show about women mm-hmm. like have the entire ensemble be about yeah. be women um really 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 cool uh what are your so we're stealing this from pop culture happy hour they do new year's pop culture resolutions um do you have any that you want to share well i think i def i need to read more books like for fuck's sake it's pitiful i'm i'm a stupid idiot (laughs) like i read (laughs) no books this year (laughs) so that is that is my number one goal, and it's a basic... Start with graphic novels, ease your way in, yeah. back to being literate. I mean, I did I did read a few books this year, and name dropping Carmen Maria Machado, I read her book this year, and then she bought some of my art. <laughs> That's so cool. Congrats. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. Um, um, I definitely want to watch more foreign films, more films by women, uh, made by women, directed by women, um... Vulture did a really awesome list that we both looked at the A to Z of women in horror. And it's just amazing how many women I don't fucking know about who yeah, direct I, and write horror movies. Yeah, I think we are dumb idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I definitely, that's a goal that I share with you. I want to watch that whole yeah. A to Z of women in horror. We'll do it. It's on. Yeah. We got a year. I also yeah. want to read the fucking damn Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I haven't ever read, read them. Well, so here's the sad truth that I'm about to spill for you. The tea, Uh-oh. if you will. Um, <laughs> they're not as good after you've watched the movies. Sadly. Oh, shit. Well, yeah, we're, so... li- we're going to listen to Fellowship on our way up home to New Jersey for Christmas. Okay. I just, like, I watched the movies so often before reading the books. Like, I had the movies, like, memorized pretty much. Yeah. Because I was such a nerd. And then I read the books, and I was like... The favorite parts of my of the books for me were parts that weren't in the movies, so that's how I know it's the movie's fault. Like that, I shit, yeah. But The Hobbit, I loved reading because I read it before the movies came out. Yeah, so, and All it's right, also well, like a children's book, so <laughs> <laughs> we can understand it a bit better. <laughs> Just kidding, we're smart. <laughs> Well, you know what? You know what is a, not a pop culture resolution, but something I'd like to reflect upon briefly. Mm-hmm. I'm really proud of us for making this podcast. <laughs> now I got embarrassed. I got embarrassed halfway through saying that. But um, I love doing this with you. Aww. And yeah. uh, I'm excited to keep on doing it, even if yeah. we're just shouting into the void. <laughs> I I love making it with you too. I feel like it's the only time I talk to any friend that i have so it's like a lifeline (laughs) Uh, no i feel i feel that it also like keeps me accountable for watching movies because obviously i watched them and like no movies this year as we have discussed except for the ones that we have uh talked about so and we have an exciting roster of movies coming up for the new year the start of the new year and I guess this is a good time to say our next episode will air on January 7th, 2019. And we're going to be covering um, two claustrophobic thrillers, Housebound, uh, which is a New Zealand movie, and Disturbia, starring Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> a classic. And I should... think the inspo for a Rihanna song, or did or are no, they totally separate? I don't, I don't think so, but I was just going to say, like, we should play the... We can't play the... We can't song, afford it. But... We don't. Well, we just also don't know how that works. Like, I we feel don't. like some podcast Maybe we can just play it. like five seconds of a song, but I don't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Cool. Do you want to sign off? Yeah. So uh, it would really help us out if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast, the podcast store. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. We should say it every time now. <laughs> wow, we have like an in joke. <laughs> You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ChickFlixPod and email us at ChickFlixPodcast at gmail.com. If you're our first email, we'll give you a prize. <laughs> and okay, cool. we'll shout you out if you review us. So Yeah, we'll do something interesting with that too, I promise. Um, <laughs> ChickFlix is researched and written by me, Bridget Hovell, and edited by Mackenzie Chapman. Me. Many thanks to Tim Grief Carlson for our music. <laughs>